The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Have fun with your important conversations and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? We got hockey to learn. Dr. Hockey. Welcome to another edition of Dr. Hockey. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here with my good buddy, Dr. Jason Berkeley. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going? It's going great. I'm looking forward to rooting through these uh, these standings this week. It's been a crazy week in the NHL. Crazy. That's an understatement. I mean, it's coming down to the wire now. What, 13, 14 games left for some of the teams. And uh, it's really coming down to uh, the last few games for a lot of these teams, even just to, not just to hold their playoff position, but also to get into the playoffs. Even in these last three weeks of uh, the NHL, you can see that people that are in their, their two and three spots of, the, uh, of any of the divisions could easily be out of the playoffs if they don't do well and one of the other teams steps up. Right. And, 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 I mean, a two-game win streak, three-game win streak can make the difference between being in and out. So it's, I mean, if you look at, for example, look at the wild card in the, in the Western Conference, you have Anaheim is 80 points, Dallas is 82 points, Colorado is 82 points, and Calgary is 80 points. I mean, it's so close there that the margin of, of being in or out is just one game, one win. Even St. Louis is in it, still in it at 79 points. It's, it's amazing. I do know that, that some teams are definitely out of it. And, uh, and so one of the teams that's definitely in And, of course, we're watching very closely because the Dr. Hockey podcast bet between myself and Kevin Connolly, which got extrapolated to Doc Emmerich, John Blue, and Chi-Chi, the two-pound chihuahua, uh, we're all looking to see whether this guy can hit 100 points, but he's got he's on a he's on a tear. I'm going to admit that, but he's got I think uh, 14 games left, and he needs 16 points. Well, it's again that's coming down to the wire too. It's it's really amazing how it always manages to come down to these last few games. Usually, back in the day, even before the before the salary cap, you'd have teams that would be coasting at this point. Like I mean, in the wings. They'd be coasting at this point. You knew they were going to be in first place in the division, in the conference, most likely. And it really, March hockey wasn't really that important. Um, but now it, it, mean, it means more than ever. So I, I think that that's, that's due to the cap. Well, what I want to do this week is I want to go through the standings, look at where the patients – I'm sorry, where the patients are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been doing some serious surgery lately. You're bringing um, work home with you. <laughs> by the way, you know, by the way, we are uh, – I'm coming to you from – Oh, Italy. I just came from Dubai and I'm here for a massive rhinoplasty meeting. This is like the serious, this is like a rhinoplasty geek fest. You cannot believe how, (laughs) how thick this is with rhinoplasty. 550 surgeons from around the world. I've got 12 lectures in the next three days. It's going to be, I I mean, seriously, if you, if you want to check it out, you know, Dr. Jay Calvert uh, on Instagram and it's, it's frightening, I think, for most people, but we just love rhinoplasty. That's how it is. Well, c- try going to a neurology conference where basically you'll never see more bow ties in one place. Oh, man, that, that's a bad <laughs> sign. Yeah, it's not fun. Zero personality throughout the entire room. Uh, and it's just, yeah, not, not a fun place to be. So that's probably the better place to be as far as conferences. So we're going to do, uh, do the standings. Then uh, I want to um, hit the uh, player spotlight of the week this Patrick Laine from uh, the Winnipeg Jets. He is truly, and you can say it, Jason, go ahead. On fire. He is on fire. (laughs) Not only is he on fire, but he may break one of Wayne Gretzky's records. He may become the number three slot for the most goals by a teenager, a player in the NHL under 20. 
That's and unbelievable. His, his birthday's coming up. I mean, he, it's crazy how good this guy is. And not only that, but he's also, in my book, one of the top candidates for uh, winner of the Sweet Beard Cam. So <laughs> I think also on our program, I do want to mention, too, that we have uh, Sean Gosser, our producer. Sean, are you on? I'm here. What's up, guys? Hey. Good to have you, man. We're lucky. I mean, this is like a, a total, like, across-the-world conference call of epic proportion. Yeah, Jason was saying it's uh, it's like the good old days when you used to have to three-way uh, your buddies. Hold on. Let me let me call Jason really quick. <laughs> Well, we got everybody on, and uh, and we want to talk about this uh, about the um, our team spotlight. It's going to be the Colorado Avalanche. Um, we've got a couple of fights. Uh, in fact, from the Avalanche, there was a good Nathan McKinnon fight, which <laughs> was really kind of interesting. And uh, and then also uh, Cody McLeod. There was a, a, a good one with him on, uh, back uh, a few days ago. So uh, and then we'll we'll just we'll get into the uh, the next few weeks. Uh, we have uh, we have some great guests. Um, our guest today is James Myrtle, the executive editor, Canadian sports, uh, really Canadian authority on hockey, uh, The Athletic. And just really looking forward to hearing from him. I mean, Jason, you follow him on Twitter, and I, and I have started to also, but you've, you've been keen to what's going on with this guy for, for some time. Is that correct? Yep, I've been following him for a while. And actually, he's uh, always gives really good insight, not just to the Leafs, but also to other Parts there are teams in the NHL that are really, uh, um, really something you don't see with many other people that are are, are on there as far as uh, hockey uh, writers. He he really has really good insight, and uh, uh, I always enjoyed following him for for a long time actually. And uh, if you're interested in following uh, James Myrtle on Twitter, his uh, Twitter handle is at Myrtle. It's a, it's at M I R T L E. So definitely worth a follow. Uh, absolutely, I think you know. Coming off of our uh, our last week with uh, with Seth Jones, I do before I guess before we even get into the playoffs, I want to say first off, I think Seth Jones is an elite defense. Should be mentioned in the same sentences as Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Drew Doughty, and I I think this guy is definitely in my in my book a candidate for the Norris Trophy. Oh, I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100. percent He's definitely a Norris candidate. He's definitely one of the elite defensemen. There's no question. Um, the only question it, it comes up is again, one of the things you look for in defensemen is their plus minus. He's a plus four, and I don't think it's his doing. He's 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 out there and he's doing his job better than just about anybody. But when it comes down to the Norris Trophy, they look for not just goals and assists, but also plus minus. So, but but uh, listen, he's he's a guy that anybody would be lucky to have on their team. I wish you'd be wearing a, w- a winged wheel. Uh, you know, he's young enough that it might happen at some point. But uh, there are a few players that I could truly say that I wish were playing for my team, and he is definitely one of them. I mean, I would start a team around him. He's that good. You know, I he's think an he's, amazing defenseman. Yeah, he just needs a little better supporting cast, I think, on, on the offense to help him out. And uh, I think you've got someone who's, uh, you know, going to be part of a well-rounded team. No question. Well, with that said, let's start off with the Metropolitan Division because right now Columbus is sitting in a wild card spot to to make the playoffs, which is great. Uh, Seventy nine points. Uh, they're behind Philadelphia, which has eighty one, Pittsburgh with eighty four, and Washington with eighty five. It's tight in this Metro Division. Very tight, but but compare the teams that are there in the number one, number two, and number three slots to the Atlantic Division. It's not even close. No, the Atlantic Division's running away with the points. Running away with it. I mean, Tampa Bay has a plus 59 goal differential. 
I mean, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Crazy. And then Boston is a plus 56. I mean, I know. It, that's really just incredible. And then Toronto, who's in third place in the Atlantic, would be crushing it in the Metropolitan Division uh, with a plus 31 div- uh, goal differential and 87 points. So, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, really, when, when you look at the discrepancy between the two, the two divisions. But uh, I still... I still like Tampa Bay to win the whole thing. I know I'm going to be probably part of the crowd, but you know, I, I, I just don't think Boston's going to going to end up in the end being there. But uh, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I really do. Well, I think I could see Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh in the in the uh, stop with Pittsburgh, uh, Eastern please. Finer. And enough with Pittsburgh, I, I, please. I'm not going to stop. I, I, why would I stop? <laughs> why would I stop right now? Do you see what they're up to? I see what they're up to. I'm just sick of hearing about the Penguins. <laughs> Too bad. You're going to hear about it all the way. You know, let me tell you why. And it's not because I'm a Penguins fan, because I'm really not. not I'm a hockey fan. And let me sure. let me tell you this. Sure. <laughs> because, listen, I go by data. You've got you to look at the data. Their trend is, is this is what happened with Chicago. Chicago was the, were they the President's Trophy or were they number two or something? They were, they were up there. And right. they were, oh, Chicago, they're going to run right into the Stanley Cup Finals again. And my, my, analysis was I watched them get like pasted by the ducks. I watched them get slaughtered by the coyotes. I watched them get killed at the end of the season by teams that heading them over. And if you looked at the data that tailed off for the last eight weeks of their, of their play. And I said, Chicago is going out in the first round. And, and I was told I was crazy, but it it wasn't hard to call that. I mean, the, the predators were on an upswing. The Chicago was on a, on a, just, they were getting beaten hard. And if you look at Pittsburgh playing, and they're on an upswing at the right time, I think that it's going to be very hard to beat them in the playoffs. I'm, I'm sorry. They have a huge playoff experience. I love Tampa Bay. I, I called them early on. I said they were my second favorite team in the, in the uh, Eastern Conference. And I said they, they had all the juice. I think Stamkos is amazing. This is, a, this is a high-powered team. However, to get down and dirty and go seven games with, with, a, with a nasty team like Washington or Pittsburgh – they're going to have a hard time. And I agree. I don't, dis- I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, I just am hoping that uh, any other team in the league <laughs> wins the cup. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. I'll take the entire NHL. You take the Penguins also for a stake. How's that? <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of freaking cows that are really bumming right now. <laughs> I'll eat the chicken there if I have to. But I'll take the entire, whole NHL versus the Penguins. Come on. Uh, I, I'll, it's fine. I, I already said I think they're three-peating. I'm in on okay. that. Okay. All right. That's it. I, I have the whole NHL behind me. <laughs> it's, that's fine. You can have the whole NHL. I, I, I've got I've got some secret weapons over there that that in the playoffs come out and and ruin everybody's day. Guys like Patrick Hornquist and Connor Sherry. Uh, I mean, it's it's the whole team. It's it's Getzel. It's just got Derek Broussard. Uh, players like Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, and, and Sidney Crosby. Oh, I know they, who's on your team. You don't have to listen for me. I know who's on the team. Yep, but like you have to look at it from that standpoint. I mean, do I think the Jets are going to do well in the playoffs? Unfortunately, no. We're talking about Patrick Line A today. I don't think they stand a chance. They're not a playoff team. Well, they're one of my teams that I have against the Penguins. It's what? <laughs> it's one of my teams I have going against you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Anybody, anybody to win the Stanley Cup other than the Penguins, and you? Yes. A, a nice steak dinner. But we're not going to Mastros. We're going somewhere else for that no, one. No, Sizzler probably for that one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I, I won't do that, even on a bet. <laughs> and no, no offense to Sizzler. I think it's a wonderful no, place. No, of course. Let's go is. to uh, – so we've kind of covered Atlantic and we've covered Metropolitan there. 
Um, you know, wild cards right now, Columbus and New Jersey, Florida, Carolina, the Islanders, I think are out. I don't think Carolina is going to get in. Um, it's just, it's amazing who's gotten like slaughtered in the, in the East, in the West, in the central division, Nashville still on top. Uh, but only by a point. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a no brainer for, you know, Winnipeg to, to be the number one slot to win the conference, but you know, who knows? And, uh, you know, Minnesota has been playing very well. Um, and then over in the uh, Pacific Division, Vegas, San Jose, Los Angeles. Los Angeles and Anaheim keep swapping out for the third spot. Right now, Anaheim's you know a couple of points out of a uh, wild card spot, but if they win tonight, they're back in. It, like it's just it's and same with Calgary. They both have eighty points. Right. Uh, St. Louis has seventy nine. So you know I think those are all contenders for a wild card spot or or a playoff spot. And then you get to Chicago is at this point out. They don't have a chance. Yes, I would agree with you. So Chicago, Edmonton, Vancouver, Arizona, out. Um, St. Louis, Calgary, Anaheim, who knows? Dallas, you know, who knows? I, I think, you know, Colorado, we'll talk about them when we spotlight them. But uh, for now, uh, Sean, can we uh, redirect to the interview with James Myrtle? Here's the shot by Marlowe, and he scores into the empty net. Well, uh, I am here. Uh, James, this is Jay Calvert. I'm here with uh, Jason Berkeley, and uh, he's another uh, doc that uh, he's, he and I are... Uh, Huge hockey fans, obviously, and we're both uh, physicians. He's a pain management specialist at uh, Cedar sinai and works a lot with uh, injections and backs and just is, uh, is a real um, expert when it comes to back surgery and, and managing back pain. But uh, he's, he's a huge Red Wings fan. <laughs> so um, we, uh, you know, obviously you guys are uh, right across the border there. In Toronto, but um, we wanted to, to ask you some questions and just uh, do the interview if you got some time. Yeah, no, let's do it. Great. So, uh, just uh, tell tell us how you got into being the editor in chief for the Athletic. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment. Um, I worked for twelve years at the Globe and Mail, which is the national newspaper in Canada. Um, the last eight or nine years I was there, I was the the columnist and the beat writer on Maple Leafs, which is, I mean, the Maple Leafs are kind of like in Canada, they're kind of like the Yankees. They're the big team. Right. So I was lucky to get the job when I was about 28 years old uh, as one of the, the writers for a national newspaper covering the Leafs. And that did wonders for my profile. I was on TV. I was on the radio regularly. I uh, And I did a lot of kind of analytical commentary on the Leafs that nobody else was doing at the time. And, so I, I established myself a, a profile for myself, and then when the Athletic decided to launch in Toronto, it was the second city uh, for the the company. Um, they wanted me to be the face of it, and they wanted me to be, you know, one of the one of the key people that they hired here in Toronto to to get it started off the ground. And that's what happened. So they headhunted me. They came here from Silicon Valley, and they took me out for dinner and said, "What do you think of this idea? And do you want to be the face of it?" And I thought it was a great idea. And you know what everyone's seeing now with us expanding across all the different cities and all across North America, and soon we're going to go over to England and you know in, in all different sports. You know it's it's that initial good idea that I saw. It's taking off, and and a lot of people are signing up to read what we're doing. Yeah, well, it's uh, I mean, it's an amazing. I mean, it's not just a it's a, a publication. It's the website. It's a it's a really big. Uh, I mean, it and it's not just hockey, correct? Yeah, we've gone really big into baseball. We have Ken Rosenthal writing for us. We have Peter Gammons writing for us. We have Jason Stark. You know, baseball's become, we started where hockey was the driving force of the company. And then uh, starting last fall, we started to move into baseball. And, 
you know, next for us is going to be soccer and, and uh, basketball and, and football. But yeah, I mean, we want to, we want to conquer everything. And it's kind of like taking the sports section out of the newspaper and making it its, its own standalone thing and, and making it kind of hipper and, and, and newer and, and different. So it's, it's been really cool to, to be a part of a startup that's um, really exploded the way that this one has. James, I've been following you on Twitter for quite a while, and I always enjoy your your your, your comments and, and all of your articles. Um, you know, I'm, I actually have a lot of family in Toronto, and I go back to back to the '70s and '80s of coming up there and going to games with my cousins. Um, I know the Leafs are, like you said, are like the Yankees in, in, in New York. Do your articles take a little more scrutiny than just the regular papers, as far as the sports sections? Do people look to you, kind of be the voice of reason in that city when it comes to commenting on the Leafs? I would say that's probably fair. I think that it's evolved into that. I mean, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I like to take the kind of 100-yard view um, and use a lot of data and, and be really kind of rational. And, you know, and for a lot of years, what I was writing was, you know, the Leafs are terrible. Here's why they're terrible. Here's what they're doing wrong. Here are the management decisions. You know, I was writing that they should fire the coach, that they should fire the GM, that, you know, and breaking a lot of things down that way and um you know over time i think fans came to respect that a lot of times i think i would they ended up thinking that i was accurate in what i was saying about the team and that it did need to be blown up and that they they did have a lot of problems in the front office and things like that and it's been quite a change the last two years with the leafs being one of the best teams in the nhl it's been you know, having covered the team for 10, 11 years, um, they were brutal for most of that time. And then the last year and a half, they've been an, an one of the best teams. So, you know, it's been a little bit different. It's taken some getting used to, to writing a lot more positive stories than I used to. Well, it's, it's always, I mean, listen, it, it's always tough when you have to critique the team that you love and look at it from an objective standpoint. It's not an easy thing to do. And you do a fantastic job of it. I do read your articles and I, I see your insight. Um, I, I know it's, it's not really the night. The, the, it's kind of a taboo thing for me to say as a Red Wings fan, but I do have a soft spot for the Maple Leafs just because I have a lot of family in Toronto, and, and I enjoy your your objective opinion about a team that you obviously are a fan of as well. It's not easy to do. No, actually, you know what? I'm not from Toronto originally, so I didn't grow up cheering oh. for the Leafs. I moved here 15 years ago to go to grad school, and and I and you know I ended up getting a job covering the Leafs, but I never cheered for the team growing up. I, I'm from the West Coast, and so I, I kind of came in as, a, you know, kind of cold-hearted because, I, you know, it didn't matter to me if the Leafs were winning or losing. I just wanted to I wanted to watch hockey and, and, sure. and write about it, and that's what I did. So, no, I, I'm actually I'm not a Leafs fan. I never have been. My wife is, and she's trying to convert my son into being a Leafs fan, and, <laughs> you know, some of some – of, some of my family is from out here, and they're they're Leafs fans. But no, I didn't I didn't grow up with it that way. Wow, where 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 did you grow up on the West Coast? I mean, it's a place called Kamloops, BC, which is a junior hockey town. It's about three hours east east of Vancouver, so it's you know it's like a four hour drive from Seattle. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in Seattle and in Vancouver and Calgary growing up. Well. Uh, that brings me back to the uh, to the Maple Leafs then to ask you some questions about the team because they are doing well and uh, it's it is impressive. What do you think? Uh, what do you think was the big change? I mean, other than bringing in you know some great young new talent, there's clearly a change of attitude. There's a change of uh, the kind of the genre of the team is totally different. What do you think is uh, accounted for that change? 
the biggest instigator of the Leafs getting better was they hired Brendan Shanahan to be the president of the team. And he came in kind of with that same outsider view as a guy that was a star with the Red Wings and the Rangers and all these other teams, but that had grown up in Toronto. But he came back to the team. He didn't know a lot about what was happening in the organization. He fired a lot of people. He hired a lot of good people. He made a lot of good personnel changes. Uh, They had a lot of good drafts that they made. And the Leafs gradually started getting better. So Brendan Shanahan was hired almost four years ago, um, four years ago in April. And the work that he's done has been really, really remarkable. It's it's what's pulled the Leafs out of the league basement for the first time in a long time. And, uh, you know, for the first time since I've lived here, there's real hope that potentially the, the Leafs can end that, that 51-year Stanley Cup drought that they've got going. I, I saw a, real, a quote from Mike, Mike Babcock recently regarding his, the rebuild, and I think it was in reference to the Buffalo Sabres. I think it was on one of the articles that you wrote. It was a quote he made. I can't, I'm not doing it justice, but he basically said he's not leaving anything to chance. Um, other than Mike Babcock, who clearly is legendary coach, um, where do you think that the rebuild really kind of began with Toronto, getting out of the culture from before? Was it when they get, traded Phaneuf? and really made, broke away from that? Or was it something where they uh, picked up when they lost to Matthews? Where do you think the real, that first player change was uh, when the true rebuild began? Mm, probably when they traded Phil Kessel would have been the big one. I mean, they went through one season under Brendan Shanahan with Phil Kessel, and it was not a successful season. So that was the first really big trade that they made. And they traded him for not a lot. They retained some salary, and they got a first-round pick, and they got... Kasperi Kapanen and but mostly what they were trying to do was clear salary and 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 turn the page and then you know the next deal was was moving Dion Phaneuf and then the next big move was uh getting Austin Matthews and winning the draft lottery but it's interesting you know you look at the Leafs draft history and they've had a lot of high picks because the team has not been very good and they've picked a lot of good players I mean that's where they got Nazem Kadri and Morgan Riley and um, they picked Luke Shen fifth overall, and they traded him for James Van Riemsdyk. So they got a lot of talent over the years other than Austin Matthews. And even though they were a bad team, they held on to some of the, that young talent. So they got they got lucky in a sense that they when Brendan Shanahan came in, there were good young players in Toronto. And that's not always the case when you take over a team that's struggling. Well, and a lot of those uh, players are really – not only are they great players, but they're having – a great year this year. Uh, you know, we did a spotlight on Nylander recently, and uh, we've talked about Austin Matthews. Uh, you know, they have, um, you know, Marner is doing great, Van Riemsdyk. What do you think's missing right now that if we were to say, okay, the, the Leafs can win a cup if only they had X, what, what is the X factor that they're missing? What do they need to really go the distance? I mean, they really could use another defenseman. They could. Use, they need a high-end defenseman. You know, they don't. We. You could debate whether Morgan Riley's number one defenseman. If he is, he's towards the low end of the number one defenseman in the NHL. They need a real lock it down, shut down defender that can play twenty-five or twenty-six minutes a night. They just don't have that, and they're trying to play on the blue line by committee, kind of, and that's going to be their big need. They've got a ton of cap space coming open for next year. You know, they're going to have to try and be aggressive on a trade and bring in a defenseman. And it's so hard to find that player right now around the NHL. It's just every team's looking for a a big right shot defenseman that, that can play well in his own end. And 
you know, the Leafs are going to have to potentially give up a lot to get that player. But that's that's the piece that they need. I mean, they're sixth in the NHL right now, so they're already a good team. You can already argue they're a content they're a contending team, but the way the playoff format set up, they got to go through Boston and Tampa in rounds one and two, potentially through Pittsburgh in round three. You know, it would be a lot more likely for them to do that if they had a better defense core than they do. With that said, do you think they should have gone after Ian Cole? Um, no. I mean, like, I don't think an Ian Cole's going to move the needle for them. They've got a bunch of guys like that. They've yeah. got a bunch of, you know, third-pair guys. So they, they need a difference maker. And like I said, it's extremely hard to find that. They've, they've got some good kids coming, but, it you know, it could take them two or three years to be ready. Well, I mean, I agree with you in terms of their the defense. That's I, I mean, they, they do have, I, I mean, and Freddie Anderson, I think, is a great goalie. Do you see him as one of the elite goalies in the NHL, or is he just, you know, a really solid solid goalie and he's got, got what it takes to go, go into the playoffs and do well? Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have said that, yeah, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have just said that, yeah, he's just a, you know, a solid number one goaltender and... You know, he's a little, maybe a little bit above average for a number one, but this season he's been fantastic. I mean, this season he's been the Leafs' MVP. Austin Matthews has missed a lot of games with injury, and the reason that they've won so much is that Frederick Anderson has been so good in goal. You know, I would put him probably fourth, fifth, or sixth best starter in the NHL this season. So he's right on the cusp that they're being one of the Vesna Trophy nominees at the end of the year. So, you know, they've, they've certainly got their money's worth out of, out of Anderson this year. Yeah, I agree. He has played extremely well. He's he's solid, and he keeps him in every single game. There's there's just uh, there's something about having a goaltender of that level backing you up that allows the guys, I think, to go go to the other end with confidence and really really make a, a hard play offensively because they know that if things if the wheels come off, they've got some serious backup in the nets. That was what the Leafs were thinking when, you know, when they were rebuilding. They finished dead last, and they got Austin Matthews. And then the first big move they made after getting Austin Matthews was they went out and got a number one goaltender. They traded two high picks for him. They gave him a five-year deal. This is a guy that only played 125 games in the NHL, and they decided this is our guy, and we're going to commit to him. So it was, it was a bit of a bold move given where the team was at at that point. But they just decided if we're going to rebuild, we can't have – we can't be leaky in goal. You know, if we're going to have young players that are trying to learn how to play and are going to make mistakes, we need to have someone who can lock it down back there. And that's what they have. I mean, they're, just, they're not there on the blue line, as we already talked about. But the fact that they've been competitive is because they've been so good in goal. Well, I, I mean, uh, I think I think they they still stand a really great chance going into the playoffs. But, you know, it, it would be better to if they did have that big towering defenseman that everybody could look to. But... Uh, Given the the talent they have now and the way that they're playing, I think they've got a great shot. What uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, whoever they play, if it's Boston or it's Tampa in round round one, it's going to be fascinating. Do you think that the uh, Placanic acquisition was a good move? Yeah, I mean, I I think that Placanic was the right idea. I think to to bring him in. Um, he hasn't played very well so far, so. You know, that's that's certainly the concern is that they gave up a second round pick for him to get him from Montreal as well as two depth prospects. But, you know, they were hoping that he would solidify them at fourth line center. The problem is that Austin Matthews is out right now, so he's had to play higher than fourth line center. And he doesn't look capable of doing that right now. So, you know, it's they need to get their whole team together. They need to get Austin Matthews back. And this is a much more formidable team with him. 
James, who, who do you like to win the Cup this year? I I think Tampa has the best chance. I like what they did adding Ryan McDonough at the trade deadline. Um, I love Victor Hedman. You know, he is that big lock it down defenseman that we were talking about earlier. They've got the best goalie in the in the, in the league this year. They got Steven Stamkos. They got Nikita Kucherov. They've got a lot of weapons. They're well coached. Tampa's going to win the cup at some point under Steve Eiserman and and the team that he's built. So. You know, they're my choice. They have a tough road because they have to go through Boston and, and Toronto in the Atlantic. But, you know, they're they're the deepest group and they're kind of in win now mode. And uh, adding Ryan McDonough to what was already a really, really good team is only going to help them. Yeah, that's my pick as well. And I think after they made that acquisition, I felt that I initially felt Boston, but I, I changed over to Tampa Bay after they made that trade. I, I agree with you. Boston's been, they're good, but yep. they've been really beat up. And, you know, they're leaning heavily on Zidane Chara, who's 40 years old. So <laughs> I was actually, I was I was looking at it last night. You know, Chara's going to play the fourth most minutes for a 40-year-old or older player in NHL history this year. You know, it's, it's really, really remarkable what he's done. And it just sounds like they're going to sign him to bring him back next year, too. Wow. So, you know, if, I mean, he's a freak of nature, obviously, at six foot nine, but, um, be interesting if they go on a playoff run if 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 he's able to continue to play at such a high level. I mean, how do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to fare in the playoffs? Uh, I'm a, still a little bit of a skeptic about them. I mean, they don't have as much high-end talent as a lot of the playoff teams, and you can't really take anything away from their season. They've had a great year. I think if they're going to do damage in the playoffs, they're going to have to get really good goaltending from Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, I think that he's he's going to have to be the key for them, and I mean, he's a great years old so it's possible that he could carry them you know a long way but you know they win with depth as opposed to winning with high-end talent um but i look at that blue line and i look at you know who they have on their first line and i just it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish you know i think gerard glant's going to win coach of the year for sure and it's hard to dispute yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty impressive i mean i'm excited to see them in the playoffs but uh you know it's it'll be I mean, I've never. I, I don't know if there's been a expansion team that's you know shown up like this and done as well as they have in the history of the NHL. No, they've pretty much shattered every single record that an expansion team has had. Like, there's most of the time in most of the time in NHL history, what the other teams have done is they've given the expansion teams complete garbage for the roster. Like, they haven't given them anything that will have a hope. So most of the worst teams in league history have been expansion teams. You know, the Ottawa Senators, I think, won nine or ten games, and the Washington Capitals, and it, it happened over and over and over again where those teams were just brutal. And they decided they weren't going to do that this time. They were going to charge Vegas more money for a team. They charged them $500 million U.S., and uh, they gave them a better team. And the same thing's going to happen with Seattle. So it'll be very, very interesting to see if they're competitive right away, too. Well, we'll definitely be watching and uh, looking forward to your uh, reporting on on the situation as uh, as we get into playoff uh, playoff season. Um, well, we really appreciate you taking the time with us, James. It was uh, great to talk to you, and uh, I know uh, you know we have a lot of uh, our fans are definitely fans of yours, so we're uh, we're excited you were able to come on, and uh, we're going to be watching the Leafs and and uh, following the Athletic, and really appreciate you taking the time. Great guys, thanks for having me on. To the near side to Marner, his wrist shot is right on the rebound, scores! Nassim Kadri with his second goal of the game. Never Too Hungover is the best tasting and fastest growing way to help prevent hangovers. It is the fastest growing hangover prevention beverage in the U.S. It helps neutralize toxins created by alcohol, restores vital nutrients, and rehydrates the body with electrolytes. 
Take one 3.4-ounce bottle before or while drinking to feel great the next day. Key ingredients include potassium, B vitamins, milk thistle, green tea extract, aloe vera, and amino acids. It's sugar-free, gluten-free, low-calorie, and tastes great. If you're skeptical, check out the incredible reviews on Amazon. It's available at many fine retailers across the U.S., including GNC, Vitamin Shop, as well as BevMo in California, Specs in Texas, Binnie's in Chicago, all the hottest casino resorts in Vegas, and, of course, on Amazon. You can also go to NeverTooHungover.com and use promo code HOCKEY to get 25% off your first order. Again, that's at NeverTooHungover.com. Well, I really appreciate uh, James Myrtle taking the time to speak to us. That was amazing. I, I learned a lot, and uh, I definitely am going to follow The Athletic at this point and, uh, and really pay attention a lot more. I think you know, you've gotten a lot out of that over the uh, years, Jason. And sure. Yeah, this is, it's big. He, he's got a lot to say. And I, I think this, this guy's career is just on the, on the front end of his uh, upswing. Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, as, as I said before, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Myrtle, M-I-R-T-L-E. And uh, definitely worth uh, following him and, and listening to what he has to say. And his insight is really pretty invaluable. So um, great follow on Twitter. Well, Let's uh, let's move on to our player spotlight because uh, this is a an, an impressive player and uh, he's he's just in a, he's this guy I mean I don't people but I think this guy's he's he is really on the verge of a humongous offensive career with like a Malkin or or even even an Ovechkin, an Ovechkin just from his early play looking at him here this is Patrick Line takes it off the sideboards the shot got blocked bumbling in from the line. Gets it down or tried to get it down for Stastny. Ehlers for Bufflin. Cross ice for Line. He scores! Patrick Line, 41 on the year. The point streak goes to 12. Patrick Line was a, uh, he is a right winger, but he was drafted second overall in 2016 by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, He is six feet, five inches tall, almost as tall as. Dr. Jason Berkeley, uh, not quite. Uh, and he is 206 pounds. This guy stands tall and strong in front of the net. He reminds me of Anders Lee, the way that he is. He scores from close in. He is a complete and utter nuisance for any other team. And he is on his way to becoming the number three leading scorer of goals before his 20th birthday. In other words, this is a teenager who will have the most goals before before his birthday, which is coming up on April 19th. And I think at this point he has 41 goals. He's got to make three to break Wayne Gretzky's uh, number three position in that category. Yeah, but, but here's the key question. Can he play defense? No, evidently. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because you, you always get these these naysayers out there when, when there's a a player who's such an offensive-minded player, they always have to find something to criticize about, and they will, that's what they'll bring up. Listen, the guy, the guy is, in one word, he's elite. That's it. Yes. You don't need to say anything else about him. He's an elite player. Uh, he will be for a very, very long time. And the reality is, if he's scoring 40 goals plus in, in a season, let some of the other guys play defense, if that's what their criticism is. I mean, come on. That, that's ridiculous. But it is true that you see that on some of the some of the pundits and some of the other fans out there who have to find something to cr- be critical about. 
Yeah, and I, I, I saw, like I said, when I watched the Winnipeg Jets, I think I said this on an earlier podcast this season, they are professional winners. They yeah. like to win. They've got a great team. They're stacked. Not doing it by himself. There's a reason that they're, you know, just behind the Predators in the Pacific Division. I'm uh, sure. sorry, in the uh, Central Division. And uh, you know, this this guy's amazing. He's a he's a great player, and he's fun to watch. You got a guy like Bufflin out there who's going to just open up some holes out there for for him to get through. And listen, that that's that's what you need. You need a, you need a nice, well balanced team with an elite scorer. And the problem is there are a lot of teams, including my Red Wings, that just don't have an elite scorer. And look what happens. You're out of the playoffs. You're in the bottom third of teams. And that's when you don't have that elite score. That's what you need. The Maple Leafs have Austin Matthews. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on of these great teams. And of the, of the few teams that are not doing as well, you have a couple on there, like Anders Lee and you have uh, Tavares uh, with the Islanders. So it's not always a recipe for success, but most of the time you have that elite score that you got to have or else you can't win without him. Well, you know, and that's the thing. You've got to have a playmaker to make it happen in the play, in the playoffs. And this guy is a playmaker. He make he is, I mean, yes, he is the, the leading candidate, number one, sweet beard cam uh, player in the league. I, I mean, I used to give that to to Burns or or to Thornton, but you know, Liney's got such a unique beard; he barely has any hair on his chin, and then it's like hanging hanging off of the bottom part of his mandible. It's just a kind of Abraham Lincoln-ish almost, isn't to- it? Totally, but like clearly, he hasn't shaved it that way. That's probably how Samson gets his strength. You know, he's getting the strength from his beard. So nice, nice. <laughs> uh, I look forward to watching him in the playoffs. It's going to be it'll be fun. Um, I don't think the Jets are going to do well in the playoffs. Fair enough. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, once you get in, it's a brand new season. Uh, I don't count any team out. And even look what happened to the Kings a few years ago when they were the eighth seed. I mean, it just, you can't count. It was a brand new season. Everyone has a chance. And, and uh, it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. Look at the Capitals when that, when that as well. You know, I they, know. They, they can win the President's Trophy, be the number one team, and just go out in the second round. That's right. So just get in to win. Moving on to our team spotlight, the Avalanche has made a, a serious play. At the beginning of the season, we were saying that they were they were not playoff bound, that they were nowhere to be found, uh, and you know, lo and behold, they traded away their number one player uh, with uh, Duchesne going to the Senators and at a playoff spot. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, but you have other players that have stepped up. I mean, Tyson Berry has really had. Another remarkable season, and if I remember correctly, he's actually has ten goals this season, and uh, has set a record for the most goals uh, in consecutive seasons for uh, um, for Avalanche defenseman. Unbelievable! I mean, they are getting it done every game. The goaltending is keeping them in the game. Their defense is playing strong. Really impressed with the uh, with the Avalanche. They have a pretty good uh, goaltending core. I mean, as far as Bernier, you know, Hammond and Varlamov. I mean, these these guys are, are are not guys that have been are brand new. I mean, they're, they've, they're veterans and they know what they know what it takes to win. And, uh, you know, you have one, listen, any goal can, any goalie can have a bad night. I mean, I remember, uh, one time Patrick Juan Detroit, I think it was his last game for the, for the Canadians got shelled for seven goals. I mean, it's just, or maybe it was eight goals. I mean, it was, it was insane. And, uh, that was his last game in a, in a, in a Canadian's uniform. So, you know, any, even the greatest goalies get, uh, get, get, uh, shelled on one night. But and then when you have a goaltending core like this, one guy has a bad night, the other one comes in and picks up for him. Uh, it makes a difference. Well, I'm looking forward to watching them in the playoffs. Nathan McKinnon is an exciting player, 
and uh, he's he's really leading this team in a very strong way. Um, and with that said, I think we should move on to the fights because our first fight is is Nathan McKinnon with uh, Jordan Martinuk, and uh, this was a uh, just a, a, a like an out of nowhere fight. Like you know, they're skating around, and all of a sudden. They bump into each other and the gloves are off. So they were clearly talking the whole time. Down the slot, shot wide of the net. Randall Scott turns it into the corner. We got a fight. Jordan McKinnon and Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon dropping the gloves. Martin for the Coyotes. Not too many punches landed. They two have been separated. But Nathan McKinnon. Gets into a fight here in the first period of play. We're seeing it all. The fights are great. Uh, I think it definitely gets the crowd excited, gets their teams excited. I just have an issue with the head injuries and brain injuries and what it does. And we were going to we're going to get into this at some point in the near future and talk about concussions and brain trauma. Uh, it's made such a, a headlines all across every contact sport in the last 10, 15 years, and especially in hockey. So I'm going to be as a neurologist, board certified neurologist. I'm going to be able to discuss with you some of the intricacies of brain injury and what happens in the short-term and long-term effects. So we will get into that at some point very soon. Well, I mean, I agree with you. It's a, it's, it's a very dangerous situation. And, but, you know, the fights are – it's still in the rule book. It's part of uh, how this game works. Or else these guys would be going to prison for assault <laughs> and battery. Uh, the, the next fight is Cody McLeod and Michael Haley, uh, New York Rangers. Uh, you know, McLeod is now a Ranger. Right. This was a – this went, like, under the radar with me. I, I – I'll go on record and just say that I think McLeod was good for the Predators, but he wasn't great, and I guess that's why he's now a Ranger. Uh, But this fight was clearly a Michael Haley joint. Now Haley in a race with McLeod. They bang. Those two are going to go early on. So two willing customers right here, Cody McLeod, Michael Haley. They know each other very well. Haley got a few shots in there. The crowd liked that. So Haley definitely got the... uh, the best of him on that one. McLeod definitely uh, didn't didn't see the light of day on that one. He barely got anything in, and uh, I think Haley, you know, took him out pretty hard on a fight that that McLeod clearly instigated. Well, that uh, happens. <laughs> with that said, um, there wasn't any big news on on uh, injuries just yet. I do want to note that since Jeff Carter came back to the Kings, that they have been killing it, and uh, this guy is playing out of his head. He's scoring goals. I think the Kings are going to be very dangerous in the playoffs. And that, that was an injury that was managed properly. And, and by the way, we've had like half of the Kings, you know, uh, on this podcast. So we've had uh, Chester Griffiths and uh, Jason Snibby. And clearly they've been, they've been instrumental in making sure that these guys are, are back when they can be back. Um, coming up this weekend, there are a slew, uh, which is a large number, of amazing games uh, going on. I just think that at this point, when uh, any of these games are, are like a playoff atmosphere, it's just, it, there's, there's so much riding on every single game. It, it's really, it's just awesome to watch. Well, um, I'm, going, I'm going to be seeing my Red Wings this week uh, against the Kings, and they're carrying a nice seven-game losing streak into Los Angeles, which is always encouraging. So, um yeah, they got that going for us. <laughs> it's not. It's not good. I can no. tell you they're and then they're going to Anaheim and and the Ducks need the points if they want to make the playoffs. They got to beat everybody under the sun. Listen, I'm still um, going to go there and wear my Red Wings jersey. I'm just not sure which one I'm going to wear. 
I have about six or seven of them, uh, including a replica 60, 1961 Gordie Howe jersey that uh, actually is an actual sweater, uh, but wow. like, they, like they used to be. But um, I don't know. Do I go with that one? Do I go with Lidstrom? Do I go with Larkin? Uh, Ooh, I also have a, Dat, I have a Datsuk jersey. I have my Zetterberg Winter Classic jersey. I have a whole bunch of them here. And my wife thinks I'm an absolute lunatic. Um, not just for that reason, but for other reasons, too. But uh, I have to pick which one I'm going to wear tomorrow. Well, I, I, would, I, I would go with a classic. I would probably wear Lindstrom. Nick Lindstrom. All right. I, I'll wear it. Yeah, I would go with that. I, I think that's just a, it's a strong, strong statement. And that's, that's really like from the powerhouse days of the, uh, of the Red Wings winning those cups. Well, I, I, I will, I'll, I'll probably go with my Lindstrom jersey then, as long as I have it on your recommendation. Absolutely. Um, big games this week. Again, the Knights in the Wild. I mean, the Knights have locked it up, I'm pretty sure, but the Wild needs to stay in. Flames and the Sharks. These are, these are conference bangers. Um, the Predators and the Avalanche. That's going to be a great game. Blues have to play the Rangers, which, you know, the Rangers aren't playing well, but they can, if they decide to give you a hard time, they can take the Blues, you know, down yet another two points, which can hurt them. Devils and the Kings, and then the Devils are coming to uh, Anaheim on Sunday. I'm going to be flying back on that game, so I'm going to miss that. And then uh, the Oil game is sort of a grudge match, but I think the Panthers you know, could use the points if they want to see a, a wild-card spot. Flyers are playing the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are tough. It's just a great weekend of hockey. I mean, I'm really pumped up to, to watch these games. Um, and then I think, uh, oh, yeah, Golden Knights and the Flames, too, on, uh, on Sunday. So bunch of uh of uh matchups there's going to be some there's going to be some some movement in this uh playoff standings this weekend what what do you think about that jason you think we're going to see some shake up I, I think listen i think that the wild cards could change on a dime so certainly there's going to be any one of these teams i mean it, it, it's uh like i said it's coming down to the wire and any any, any given day you're going to see a change in these standings so i i it's too hard to predict i'm a, I'm a well, terrible predictor i listen i i Every year I go to Vegas, I put 100 bucks on the Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup, um, and, and uh, I, I didn't do it this year. And, um, you know, maybe I was right in not doing that, but I, I'm not a very good better or predictor. Well, I'm not either, but I can tell you this. You are going to be buying me a steak when the – so um, that will oh, no, no, be, I'm, I'm, be that, enjoyable. Listen, that, that is one thing I am confident about. I did <laughs> entire NHL against one team. I know. It's, uh, it's going to be a sad day. Anyway, you're uh, a lot of stakes, my friend. I hope so. I mean, I, I mean, first of all, it's a great opportunity for us to get out with a bunch of Dr. Hockey podcast dinners. But second, sure. I really, uh, I really believe that uh, you guys will be buying. So, well, here's Looking the thing. Actually, to, to tell you to be, be more specific, I don't eat red, red meat that often. So chicken is fine with me or fish. I'm fine. With <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't eat, I don't eat steaks too often either. The last time I did, I couldn't move for like three days. <laughs> well, anyway, it's been a great, uh, great chat. I appreciate you coming on, uh, Dr. Jason Berkeley, Thank board you. certified Thank neurologist you. and and Red Wings fan. Enjoy the games with your wings, uh, Sean Gosser. Always great to uh, have you chiming in and helping us uh, make sure we get a great podcast out of this. Great times, gentlemen. I uh, felt like I was sitting here with my VTech telephone from 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is Dr. Hockey signing off with your prescription for the NHL. Thanks for listening to Dr. Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com.
Get ready for Legends of Sport with Andrew D. Bernstein. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame photographer has hit the podcasting scene. Each Tuesday starting February 27th, Andy and co-host Jonas Wadler will chat with some of the world's most prestigious athletes of all time. Enjoy stories from life behind the scenes with the most decorated sports photographer in the business. Make sure to subscribe to Legends of Sport with Andrew D. Bernstein. Beginning Tuesday, February 27th, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the brand new Podcast One app. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.